Judaizers was wrong. And they, they had no answer, and so they keep silence. And now we see that Paul and Barnabas take this opportunity to stand up and to report on the presence. They stand up and they report on what God has been doing through them in the present among the Gentiles. Now their report naturally follows on, doesn't it? Okay, Peter looked at the past, how God has started the work. Paul and Barnabas now look at how God is continuing the work. And they report on that. And Luke here doesn't give us many details about what Paul and Barnabas said. And the reason for that is chapter 13 and 14. He doesn't need to repeat it, does he? He doesn't need to go back and say it all again. And so he just summarizes for us what they've said. And he, he tells us in particular, he says, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. <clears throat> so in particular, as they stand up and they, they speak, their focus is on the miracles and wonders done among the Gentiles. This is their emphasis. And the reason for this is because miracles were proof that God was at work. Okay? Miracles were proof that Paul and Barnabas in their ministry were doing God's will and that God was blessing, that they were God's chosen messengers. Just turn back to Mark 16 with me. Mark chapter 16. Verse 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. As the disciples went forth, the Lord confirmed the word with signs. This is what happened. This is why we call them the, the sign gifts. Okay, these miracles, these wonders were all about confirming. God confirming the ministry, confirming what they were saying was true. And so the miracles among the Gentiles were proof that God was blessing the ministry and God was approving of the ministry. And again, it's important to know that in this ministry, what were Paul and Barnabas preaching? They weren't preaching that the Gentiles had to be circumcised. They weren't preaching the Gentiles had to keep the law. Far from it, they were preaching a message of salvation by grace through faith. That's what they preached all the way around. And so God had been blessing that message. God had been blessing their ministry, honoring that message, proving again that grace and grace alone was the means of salvation. You see, it was clear from Peter's report on the past that God had started the work. And it was clear from Paul and Barnabas's report that God was still working, that God was still doing it the same way. And this work was, as we said, one of grace, not law. As I said earlier, it was not one method of salvation for the Jews and one for the Gentiles. Salvation is the same for all, by grace, through faith alone. Thirdly, lastly, now we see the testimony of James. Testimony of James. Let's read from verse 13. It says, And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles, to take out of them a people for his name. <clears throat> and to this agree the words of the prophets as is written. 
After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. <clears throat> James here is the, the leader of the church at Jerusalem. He's the pastor. And the James that we're talking about here is the half-brother of Christ. Okay, He's the, the one who wrote the epistle of James. And from his epistle, you know, it's pretty clear that James had strong feelings about the law. Okay, strong leanings toward the law. He talks a lot about it. He references the law at least ten times in his epistle. And so the legalistic Jews probably thought Galatians chapter 2 and verse 12 it says, For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. It starts out there, it says, For before that certain came from James. And so Paul certainly made some connection here between these ones who came from Jerusalem and James. So these legalistic Jews, you know, as James stands up to speak, they probably thought they had an ally, a friend, in James. What we find is that James stands up and he gives testimony on the matter, and he begins by agreeing with Peter wholeheartedly. Verse 13, it says, And after this they held their peace. James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon hath declared, so that's Peter, Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles, to take out of them a people for his name. James here expresses his full agreement with Peter. He says, Peter's right. God has started a work. God began this work among the Gentiles. And he agrees that God has called out a people for his name. Okay, it says that at the end of verse 14 there. To take out of them a people for his name. You know, this was something the Judaizers particularly wouldn't have liked. Because what he's saying here is that God has chosen among the Gentiles a chosen people. He has a chosen people among the Gentiles as well. You see, for centuries the Jews had carried the honored title of being God's chosen people. Being a people chosen for his name. Let's just go quickly to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 7. chapter 7 verse 6 it says for thou art and holy people unto the Lord thy God the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth and turn over chapter 14 as well chapter 14 and verse 2 it says for thou art and holy people unto the Lord thy God and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. You know, the Jews prided themselves on this fact. They were God's chosen people. They were above every other nation, chosen out to be separate under the Lord. They were His peculiar people. But James here acknowledges that God has taken a people out of the Gentiles for His name. God has chosen 
a people to be uh, of his name amongst the Gentile nations. And this is the reality for the church age. God is graciously calling people from both the Jews and the Gentiles to be his people, to be the church. Now, that's exactly what the word church means in the Greek. It means a called out assembly, the called out ones. And that's what the church is. It's God's called out people, God's chosen people in this age. Called out of the world to be a peculiar people. And it's made up of both Jews and Gentiles. You know, Paul would go on to explain this great truth in more detail in the book of Galatians. Just turn to Galatians 3. Galatians 3 and let's read from verse 26. Galatians 3 verse 26 it says, For you all, sorry, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now Galatians here declares that the Jews and Gentiles are one body in Christ. There is no difference between the two. Like what Peter said earlier on, isn't it? No difference. In Christ we are all one body. We are all called out ones, called to be separated under his name. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter declares the same thing. Let's turn there, 1 Peter 2. First Peter 2 and verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous lights, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And Peter says the same thing. He says you're a holy nation, a peculiar people. So these are terms that were for the Jews. But now they're used in relation to the Gentiles. We're all his peculiar people. We are now one people, the people of God, called out to be the church. And this is what James is agreeing to here in Acts chapter 15. He's agreeing what Peter is talking about. He's saying, yes, God has a peculiar people among the Gentiles. It's not what the Judaizers wanted to hear. It's not what they wanted to hear James say. He's agreeing that God has opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles and called them out to be his people. James then continues on to point out that the prophets agree with this. The prophets agree with this. Just read verse 15 there. It says, And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. The prophet that he's quoting from here is Amos. Amos chapter 9, just quickly, let's turn there. Amos chapter 9. And verse 11. Amos 9 verse 11 it says in that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof and I'll raise up his ruins and I'll build it as in the days of old 
that they may possess the remnant of Edom and of all the heathen which are called by my name, saith the Lord that doeth this. Okay, so he's quoting here from Amos, and the reason it's a little bit different is it's a quote from the Septuagint, okay, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It's important here that we understand that James in Acts chapter 15 here, James is not saying that what Peter and Paul have said is the fulfillment of Amos's prophecy. Okay, he's not saying that Amos's prophecy is being fulfilled here. He's saying Amos in his prophecy agrees with what Peter and Paul have said. The reason that's important is Amos's prophecy is about the end times, isn't it? Yeah, Amos' prophecy is concerning the restoration of Israel during the millennial kingdom. That hasn't happened yet. That hasn't been fulfilled. But Amos, in his prophecy, refers to the Gentiles being called by his name. Okay, verse 17 of Acts 15 says, that, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord who doeth all these things. This is James' point. Okay, he's saying Amos agrees about this. Amos, in his prophecy, said that there was chosen of the Gentiles called by the name of the Lord. So the whole point in all this is to show that the Jews, so the Gentiles don't need to become Jews first to be called by the name of the Lord. That's his point. Okay, he's he's saying as Gentiles they're called by the name of the Lord. They don't need to be Jews first. We don't need to become proselyte Jews, obey the law, be circumcised, so that we might then be called by his name. No, God has chosen out of the Gentiles a people for his name. With verse 18, James now sums up his testimony by pointing out that God is in control. He says in verse 18, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Basically, he says nothing happens by accident. This is God's eternal plan. Everything happens according to God's plan. And so this work among the Gentiles was God's plan, always has been. Now, God hasn't suddenly changed things along the way. This has always been his intended purpose. It was a work that was taking place all of grace. And there was no need to impose law. There was no need to make the Gentiles conform to the Jewish way. To do so would be to go against what God had clearly revealed in his work. From this point on, James is now going to present his decision on the matter to the church. And we will look at the decision this evening. This morning we've seen the work um, that the work among the Gentiles was clearly a work instigated by Almighty God. That was Peter's testament. It was started by God. It was a work that continued and grew under the ministry of Paul and Barnabas as God's hand of blessing was upon them. And it was a work that was always part of God's eternal plan. It was always part of it. Beloved, as Gentiles this morning, we could praise God, can't we? We can praise God for this passage that clearly settles this matter. That God has indeed opened the door of salvation unto us, and that our salvation is by grace through faith. He's called us out as Gentiles to be his peculiar people and choose too to be all part of one body in Christ. Beloved, it's all the work of grace. We can't get excited about that this morning and leave rejoicing. Something's wrong. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the 
book of Acts and Lord the report here of the Jerusalem Council and Lord the, the defense that's given by these four prominent men Lord Peter looking at the past Paul Marnus looking at the present and James showing it was always your work always your will and Lord we did thank you so much that your salvation is come unto us as Gentiles and that it is indeed by grace through faith alone and Lord may we Remember the liberty that we have in Christ. May we rejoice in that this day. May we leave singing your praise in Jesus' name.